the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Thursday, February the 10th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. Today on February 10, 1962, the Soviet Union exchanged a captured American U-2 pilot, Francis Gary Powers. They exchanged him for Rudolf Abel, Soviet spy led by, held by the United States. Today in 1763, Britain, Spain, and France uh, signed a treaty of a Treaty of Paris, ending the Seven Years' War, also known as the French and Indian War in North America. Today in 1936, Nazi Germany's Reichstag, they passed a law investing the Gestapo secret police with absolute authority, exempt from any legal review. Today, in 1967, the 25th Amendment to the United States Constitution that deals with presidential disability and secession, that was ratified. Minnesota and Nevada adopted it. It's interesting that the 25th Amendment has not been mentioned a great deal in recent years until just the last few, particularly in regards to President Biden. Some are saying, even some who are not conservatives, are wondering out loud if he's going to be able to finish, not to run for a second term, but to finish this term. Nancy Pelosi raised the 25th Amendment in regards to getting rid of Donald Trump because she didn't like him. But some are expressing concern over President Biden's ability to continue. The 25th Amendment would come into play if anyone decided to do something in Congress, to do something about replacing the president. Today in 2005, North Korea boasted publicly for the first time that they had nuclear weapons. Today in 2015, NBC announced it was suspending Brian Williams. Remember him? He was their main anchor guy in the evening. They suspended him because he was lying to the public. They said he was misleading the public about his experiences covering the Iraq war. Well, indeed he was. He talked about how the bullets were flying, that they were being shot at as he was in a helicopter landing. I can't remember where it was, somewhere in Iraq. A few days later, the pilot, the guy who was flying the helicopter that Brian Williams was riding in, came out and said, we were never under fire. He said, that didn't happen. And there were several other incidents like that. So, But interestingly enough, Brian Williams was not fired from NBC for lying to the American public. He was their main anchor guy, news guy. What they did was they just shifted him over to MSNBC, their news channel, apparently... They didn't feel comfortable with him lying on their main channel, but it was okay if he lied 
on their news channel. I mean, that was the message. So he's been there for a number of years. And interestingly enough, he just um, announced to them the other day that he was quitting. I don't know if he's retiring or whatever. But the guy that heads up CNN, as you know, is out. And Brian Williams' name has been mentioned. I've noticed in all of the noise in the media in the, some of the journals, the, the news journals, they are they have mentioned him as taking over and running CNN News. I'll leave you to fill in all the blanks on that one. Boy. Ten years ago today, President Barack Obama, under election year fire, he abandoned his stand that religious organizations had to pay for birth control for their workers. He turned... He pivoted a little bit, and he demanded that insurance companies step in to provide the coverage instead. Interesting. I want to talk to you just for a couple of minutes this morning about pure politics in the sense that so many Christians and conservatives are Republicans, or we vote Republican. I don't probably consider myself a Republican, although I vote Republican for the most part, because for the most part, Republican candidates represent my personal Christian conservative views. And I think many of us feel that way. With that in mind, let me just share Associated Press. is The press is working hard because they see an election looming this year. It's, what, nine, ten months away yet in November of this year. But they're very concerned that it could be a disaster for the left. And I think if things continue as they are, it will be. But things can change. But the Associated Press has really dug in their heels. They they really, really, really don't like Donald Trump. I mean, many in the press don't. But the Associated Press has, has been, I, I've watched them, and, I, and that isn't my point. I'm not going to get off on that. But I've watched them over the last several years as their reporting has changed. And they have changed the structure of their sentences. They've changed the tempo and the cadence of how they how they present their news. And it's always designed to undermine, not necessarily, but often the Republicans, but always to undermine in the most uh, harmful way they can, Donald Trump. With that in mind, Associated Press put out this um, article this morning, and you should be aware of this, because I know many of you are are involved. Some of you that listen to this program are very involved in the Republican Party, and I'm aware of that. I think that's a good thing. I mean, I'm not not suggesting otherwise, but we should be, be aware of this. Associated Press, I think they're working to elevate this rift that's going on in the Republican Party. They're saying this morning, Senate Republicans blame the Republican National Committee. The RNC blames two Republican House members. They blame former President Donald Trump, and Trump blames Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell. In the midst of the GOP's first major election year blow-up, each bloc believes it represents the real Republican Party and its best interests in the bid to regain control of Congress. The Republican rift, this is Associated Press, just, I don't know, just a few hours ago. 
The Republican rift over a symbolic RNC vote to censor Trump's two GOP House critics has exposed in stark contrast the competing forces fighting to control the party. The sudden burst of infighting shattered a period of relative Republican peace, just as party leaders insist they need to come together to defeat Democrats in the looming midterms. But this week, at least, Republican unity is hard to find. Mitch McConnell does not speak for the Republican Party and does not represent the views of the vast majority of voters, Trump says in a statement on Wednesday, yesterday, and he did. Instead of fighting President Joe Biden's agenda, Trump said yesterday, McConnell bails out the radical left and the rhinos, shorthand for Republicans in name only. Associated Press continues. They say, to drive home his point, Trump issued another statement later in the day saying McConnell's position is so against what Republicans are about. Then they say this. At issue were McConnell's comments a day earlier in which he criticized the RNC for censoring Rep, uh, representatives Liz Cheney of Wyoming and Adam Kinsinger of Illinois at the party's winter meeting in Salt Lake City. The two Republicans sit on a Democrat-led House committee that is aggressively investigating the violent January 6th siege on the U.S. Capitol and has subpoenaed many in the former president's inner circle. That will be, that. Uh, there's more, but I'm not going to read any more of it. That will be what we will be hearing over the next, for the remainder of this year from the Associated Press and others. But the Associated Press is pretty significant, and they not only are read by millions of people, but they influence nearly every newspaper in America. And most most of the local news shows, they, they get the feed from um, Associated Press, as I do, every morning. And um, they're going to convert that to local news. So you're going to be hearing this stuff more and more over the next few months. They're trying to elevate a rift. There is a rift. And Trump actually said that yesterday. And I, I don't know if that's helpful or not helpful, but nonetheless, that's happening. Another issue that you're going to start hearing about that is is specifically, specifically uh, tailored to you know, create a rift in among conservatives and Republicans. And there is merit in this. And you should know about it, but you're going to be hearing about this. The Republican National Committee, the RNC, they met last week, as I said, first time since Chairperson Ronna McDaniel. She had announced last year, and this is the first meeting they've had since then, that the Republican Party's elevated alignment with the LGBTQ Then she officially promoted Pride Month. I think she's a Mormon. I know she's a niece to Mitt Romney. I'm pretty sure she's a Mormon. And the the church, the Mormon church, has moved more toward embracing gays because they wanted to welcome them into their church, apparently. So I don't know how all that fits. I, I don't know for sure that Ronna McDaniel is a Mormon. I'm just saying I would assume she is. I, I don't know. But I know their church has moved, that church, the LDS church, has moved more toward embracing the homosexuals and all of that because it was becoming an issue for their church, and they didn't want to fight it anymore, apparently. So with that in mind, she predicted 
that the party last year, she predicted that the party would continue to grow our big tent by supporting measures that promote fairness and balance protections for LGBTQ Americans and those with deeply held religious beliefs. I'm just hitting the surface of this. There's a lot more there. But millions, millions, tens of millions of evangelicals have aligned themselves with the GOP since Ronald Reagan's leadership when the party aligned itself with our deeply held religious values. You remember that. It was a transformational moment in American politics. Ronald Reagan came in and he became the leader of the Republican Party, the movement, and he embraced Christianity and biblical Christianity. And his pastor, a conservative Presbyterian pastor, Don Muma, I actually knew him and have talked to him. He says that Ronald Reagan, and he said it then, he, he attended Bel Air Presbyterian Church, and he said, Ronald Reagan is born again. He said, I have led him in the prayer. He is deeply committed to Jesus Christ. And these kinds of things were coming out. And Reagan was a rising star. And, of course, he was known as an actor. But all of this was happening. Well, millions of evangelicals suddenly became attached to the Republican Party, more so than ever before. And to this day, there's 50, 60, I mean, there's different numbers, I mean, but a lot of us have voted Republican because of the platform of the Republican Party and because of the stance that generally the party takes. Well, Ronna somehow decided that she was going to grow the party this last year, and she embraced the LGBTQ people in the movement, and she said so. And she said, we're going to add, you know, many, many people to our Big Ten and so on and so forth. But she went on then to on behalf of the Republican Party, celebrate Gay Pride Month last June, this past year. So that created a rift. Well, that's going to be brought up again because there, some of the people that want to see, they don't care about the LGBTQ necessarily. They want to see the Republican Party and particularly the Christian part of the Republican Party, which is significant. They want to see that fractured. Any rift, any fracture they will elevate. Associated press, it doesn't matter who they are. Most of the press is far left, as you know. So millions of evangelicals align themselves with the GOP as a result of Ronald Reagan's influence. And they aligned, they aligned itself, the, the party, with our deeply held religious values. And if you haven't read the platform of the Republican Party, do so. I mean, it's very clear in there about marriage and all this kind of thing. But celebrating homosexuality, as Rana led the GOP to do, is not one of those values. In an official statement now, after this meeting the other day, last week I think it was, the RNC admitted under her leadership that, quote, the LGBTQ outreach created the impression among conservative religious voters. It was more than an impression. But anyway... It created the impression among conservative religious voters and the religious leaders representing them that the RNC was undermining essential aspects of our platform, including our planks on marriage and religious liberty. So they went to great length, Rana and others, to recommit the party to support those values. We'll see. 
but you're going to begin seeing that in the press, and you're going to begin seeing the press begin to elevate that and widen that rift that's coming. Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. In our world today, we can't afford to not be informed. That's why we do what we do each day on this program. We do the best we can do every day to inform you from a biblical, a Christian, conservative, biblical point of view. Many of you understand that, and so many of you stand with us and support us. Thank you for that. I, We wouldn't be here without you. And this, you are our support base. We don't advertise. We don't do anything like that. We could, but we don't. In fact, we've been asked to advertise. I've stayed away from that, and I intend to stay away from it. I don't want to get into that because you lose control of who is using any influence you have um, and what they might represent, and it becomes just something that I don't feel is the Lord's will for me. So that's not going to happen. So anyway, it, this is strictly based, our support is from those of you who listen to this program. And I'm fully aware that Christian programs throughout the country are asking pretty strongly for your support. I understand that. I hear them. I'm just saying that without your support, we would not be able to continue this program. We're live every morning. We originate live at 9 a.m. in the morning on ACN, and then we're heard after that. There's some delay in some of the stations that we're on. But I do need your support, and I don't talk about it all the time on here because there's it's a, it's a half hour and it goes by quickly. But I, I, I want to impress you. Just because we don't talk about it doesn't mean we don't need it. We do need your support. And if you believe what we're doing is of value to people and to the kingdom of God, please prayerfully consider standing with us financially. We need your help. And again, not going to go on and on about it. I know some programs are so supposed to be one thing and they turn out to be a, a half hour or whatever of fundraising. That won't happen here, but um, I'm just asking you to stand with us. We need your help. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. Or you can contribute online on our website, Faith, A-N-D, and Freedom, dot U-S. Not dot com, but dot U-S. The eyes of the Lord is running to and fro on the world. He knows what's going on. God is in control of all things, all the time. And our hearts have got to stay focused or perfect toward him. Because God is the source. He is the leader of life itself. And we want to follow God. So keep your heart on the Lord as we learn and stay abreast of all of these things that are happening in the culture. Because God has a plan. God is in control. His plan will not fail. It will not be late. 
and he will not become confused. His plan will be because he is God. He is almighty. So God is in control. Keep that in mind as we look at what's going on in our world. This week, Dr. Fauci, interestingly enough, is announcing that the COVID-19 situation is about to change dramatically. He said this to the press. He said, as we get out of the full-blown pandemic phase of COVID-19, which we are certainly headed out of, these decisions will increasingly be made on a local level rather than centrally decided or mandated. Did he think he was centrally? and <laughs> Apparently. There will also be more people making their own decisions, he said, in the, in the coming days. How they want to deal with the virus. He said, I hope all COVID-19 restrictions are halted in the coming months. Citing mandatory mask wear, he said, none of this, it's going to go away in the coming months. He agreed. He said, restrictions are going to end. He said, I want them to end in 2022. Is this politics or science? Town Hall put out a, uh, they, they publish a lot of cartoons that are, to me at least, profoundly informative, and they're funny. But they put out one yesterday, and I published it in an article that I wrote on our website. And it's a, like a framed piece of art. And there's a person there admiring this art, looking at it. And Fauci is there, a, a person that resembles a cartoon character that resembles Fauci. And it says Fauci on his white coat. And he's explaining this piece of art. And he says to this person who's taking in this piece of art, he says, science is more of an art than a science. <laughs> Interesting comment. It says a thousand words, as they say. Indeed, science does seem to be more of an art than a science in our world today. Fauci said he hopes all COVID-19 restrictions will be halted in the coming months, citing mandatory mask wearing, all of these restrictions. Could it be? Could it be that there's a midterm election? Associated Press is aware of that. They're doing their job, as we talked about a few moments ago. It was almost as if a kind of a memorandum went out, like a memo to all of these guys. Today's the day. Boom. In rapid succession on Monday of this week, Democratic leaders from a group of blue states on both coasts, New Jersey, Delaware, Connecticut, California, Oregon, Inslee, Jay Inslee was saying last night, that it's, it's coming soon. He said, I have announcements to make. He hasn't jumped on the wagon yet. I don't know why, but he hasn't. But California and Oregon have here on the West Coast. They announced end dates for statewide mask mandates. It's over. We don't have to do that anymore. Each new policy was slightly different. It varied a little bit. California, for example, is wavering on what to do about the schools and masks and all of that. But the upshot was the same. It's time for a restoration of normalcy. The science now permits it. What has changed in the science? And what has changed in the data? Well, it's hard to find what has changed. But science now permits this massive pivot. Katie Pavlich was writing for Town Hall, and she said suddenly and almost at once, a number of Democratic governors in blue states announced this week they're ending a number of Wuhan coronavirus pandemic restrictions. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy kind of kicked things off on Monday. California's Gavin Newsom, New York's Kathy Hochul, 
they fell right in behind. <clears throat> this is it. Why the sudden change? I think we all know the answer. Pavlich said focus groups and polling convened by Democrats have them changing their policies. Given Murphy nearly lost his gubernatorial race in the fall to a Republican, which nobody saw coming, I think the Republican was a truck driver, if I'm not mistaken, interestingly enough. I'm not sure about that, but I, I think he was or had been. Anyway, they're taking advantage of the turning tide and attempting to save their political future. Arranging a series of focus groups across the state to see what they had missed, Murphy, his advisors, were struck by the findings. They were so out of touch, they didn't know what America was thinking. Pavlich says even Democrat voters, they agreed, were wearying of the toughest restrictions and all of this going on and on and on. And most people are on to the fact that this was primarily driven, primarily driven by political aspirations for political power. Was it ever completely about science? Well, the data has shown for well over a year that maybe it wasn't. My point is that science has not changed over the past year. However, public sentiment has changed dramatically. To pretend otherwise is to invent some new standard to align with an emerging political reality. That's what relativism is, and that's what we're seeing. A, a demonstration, it's like a stage play. It's like you paid, you know, your 50 bucks or whatever, and you go to the, this, this Broadway theater, and here are these actors up on stage, and they are playing out this, this play. It's called, it, it's relativism, and it's called politics in America or whatever. And these people have been saying this stuff for almost three years now, and all of a sudden they pivot and go, nope, today's the week. No more of this. And it is, though they've never said and done what they've been saying and doing. It's like, do they know what they've been saying and doing? Does Fauci know what he's been saying? Fox News reported yesterday afternoon that outgoing Democrat Representative Jim Cooper uh, in Tennessee, he's, he's done, he said he's not going to run again, he told the local newspaper there that his Democrat party, he said, we're facing extinction. He said, we have no strategy to appeal to anybody, especially rural voters. The transition from science to politics is so abrupt that even the far left news media, they're noticing it. They're kind of trying to cover for it. And in some cases, quietly questioning it. But there has been no hysteria from the meeting or the pack of medical experts who have been lecturing America to shut up and do as I say, not as I do. The people that have been telling us to shut up and be quiet and do all of these things, are you see them time after time after time. Nancy Pelosi, Gavin Newsom, all of these guys, they're running around going to baseball games and doing stuff. They don't have a mask on. They're not doing what they're telling America to do. Clearly, they don't believe it. Now they're recalculating the COVID numbers. The Biden administration is working quietly recalculating the number of COVID-19 hospitalizations in the U.S., and they're doing it very quickly. They are now saying that they do not want anyone with COVID who comes to a hospital for any other reason to be counted as COVID. Us little people out here have been saying that for several years. Why are they doing that? Well, they're going to stop doing it now. And that will greatly suppress the numbers. And Joe Biden will have kept his promise to lead us 
out of COVID-19 if we elected him as president. Hey, thanks for being with me today. We'll continue this conversation right here tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.